brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at CharityMobile.com. While the world watches America and its response to news that the worst evils in the world may no longer be legally upheld, and while the world watches as a conflict that should have ended either due to one side winning or through divine intervention due to some papal acts, the German Synodal Way continues apace and it continues to preach heresy and promote a total break from the core values of the Catholic faith in the name of the values of the world and restoring the credibility of the church. One bishop recently tried to intervene in that process and his words to the German bishops are a lesson for everyone today so that we cannot make peace with the values of the world, that the church must stand for the true gospel of Jesus Christ and not become a plaything of a world with ever-changing values and a twisted sense of right and wrong. So today, let's go over the message of Archbishop of Quila of Denver and his attempts to intervene in the German synodal way. The happenings of the church in Germany have dominated coverage in the news for months, more so than any other synod going on in the church, despite happenings in Australia and various parts of Western Europe being just as bad as what is happening in the church in Germany. But the Germans command attention where others do not simply because of the stature of the church in Germany, and quite frankly, because of its ability to financially support most of the Vatican's operations, which is why they are getting away with abandoning the gospel of Christ and embracing the gospel of the world, a move that many have said will lead to schism in the church. The reasoning given by the German bishops for what they are doing is pretty straightforward. In light of the mess caused by Ted McCarrick and scores of priests like him in the church, according to the German bishops, the church has lost its ability to credibly be a witness for the gospel, and as a consequence, must change everything it teaches to suit the whims of the world. Now, if that logic sounds flawed to you, that's because, well, it is flawed logic. The Catholic News Agency puts it this way, quote, Germany's synodal path is a process that brings together lay people and bishops to discuss four major topics how power is exercised in the church, the morality of acts of the flesh, the priesthood and the role of women. When the German bishops launched the process, they initially said that deliberations would be binding on the church in Germany, prompting a Vatican intervention that rejected such claims. The Synodal Assembly has voted in favor of documents calling for the priestly ordination of women, James Martin blessings, and changes the teachings on uh, James Martin activities. Batsing wrote in April 14th a response to Aquila's concerns that messes in the church had hampered her witness and that the synodal path is therefore also our attempt to make a credible proclamation of the good news possible again, end quote. We make the gospel credible again by changing what the gospel is, according to Bishop Batsing. He is the German bishop who is functionally at the head of the German synodal way. He's a bishop who, as you can see from this picture here, doesn't really like wearing clerics much when he's in public, which is strange for a bishop. Now, there is no dangerous schism with the German church and its synodal way because that schism has already happened. No one wants to admit it yet. It's like that article I spoke about on Friday talking about this very issue. There are two faiths occupying the same institutional structures, both calling themselves Catholic, both claiming all that which claims to be Catholic. We are not permitted to mention the obvious that there is already a schism. To admit such would force us to ask some hard questions of ourselves and of the state of things in the church, and we are simply not allowed to do that in our time. 
Archbishop Aquila responded to the German response to his original attempted intervention with the German bishops from early April with another letter. Numerous outlets have quoted the letter, but none have published it in full, which is strange. And if they had, I would give you the a recording of that letter because often I'd like to let the bishops just speak for themselves. But I have some of what he said in his response for you here that have been published in various outlets. Archbishop Aquila states the obvious when so many people are dancing around the obvious, that the German Synodal Way and its actual aims are a repudiation of the Catholic faith and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Quote, the Synodal Path does not simply address structural concerns. It challenges and in some way, some instances, repudiates the deposit of the faith. Documents of the Synodal Path cannot be read in any other way than as raising the most serious questions about the nature and binding authority of divine revelation, the nature and efficacy of the sacraments, and the truth of the Catholic teaching on human love and the flesh. Aquila wrote in a May 2nd letter obtained by CNA to Bishop George Botzing of Limburg. End quote. And where's the lie? The Archbishop is 100% correct. Everything the German bishops are doing with their synodal way is not an attempt to restore the credibility of the church to preach the gospel. It's a repudiation of the gospel itself. They're declaring that St. Paul was wrong when he warned against the sins that these bishops are trying to declare to not be sins. They are, in fact, declaring that sacred scripture is not inerrant, that it does, in fact, contain error, especially on those topics. And that, by the way, is a heresy. The German bishops have repudiated the gospel in the name of making the gospel more credible and relevant to everyday people. And if that sounds familiar to you, it should. Every heresy going back to ancient times has done the exact same thing to some degree. Whether they did it in a different way or not is irrelevant here. Some examples are Luther and Calvin's heresy. Or maybe the ancient heresies that tried to accept the ways of the flesh and the world and then marry them to the gospel itself. Any way you cut it, the German bishops are following in the footsteps of other leaders of heresy throughout church history, and they're doing it in the name of preserving the integrity of the gospel message. Francis should use some of those powers that he loves to get rid of all these people from their offices like he did with the good bishop in Puerto Rico, but I'll get to why he hasn't done that towards the end. Bishop Botzing's response would be funny if the subject weren't so deadly serious. He simply says that the over 70 bishops who signed that famous letter, begging them in the name of our blessed Lord to stop and remain faithful to the church, did not provide evidence for the claims that the German bishops were leading their flocks into schism. And that's an amazing response. It truly is. They simply do not believe that they are leaving the faith. And I'll tell you why that is. It's pretty simple, actually. They left it a long time ago. When your understanding of the Catholic faith is accompaniment, and dialogue, and walking together, and all the other buzzwords from Vatican II, you've pretty much already left. It's really that straightforward. Christ called us to repent, to sin no more, to pick up our cross and follow him, to be perfect as the Father is perfect, and that through him all things are possible. But we must leave sin behind, to not be like the world, but instead that we must be salt and light in the world. That is what he taught us. Archbishop Aquila tries to remain remind Bishop Batsing of this by addressing his basic concerns. The CNA article begins Aquila's response to Batsing's claim that the signers of that letter never made their case adequately that the German bishops were leaving the faith in this way. Quote, you state in your letter that the synodal path is not properly understood by the signatories of the open letter and that they did not provide evidence for their concerns, Aquila wrote. To that end, he attached his letter a memo of more than four pages of Quote, examples from the German synodal way that are cause for concern to the cardinals and bishops who signed the letter. 
The Denver Archbishop noted that, quote, the gist of your response seems to be that the German church must adopt a new approach to the faith due to the past failure of German bishops to protect the most vulnerable. This is a very strange argument. Why must Catholic teaching on fundamental issues of doctrine and the moral life change because German bishops failed to teach effectively and govern honestly? The church's faith did not lead to the Ted McCarrick problems, end quote. And that is exactly correct, both in the facts he states and what he says the German bishops are suggesting. The problems of the Ted McCarrick-type priests in the church were allegedly caused by the church adhering to the gospel. That is what the German bishops are stating when they say that the church must change in order to credibly be a witness for the gospel, since everything they've changed on the moral front has been a repudiation of the gospel of Christ. No more talk of abandoning sins that crowd to heaven. No more talk of repent and believe in the gospel. Instead, they've replaced the gospel message with secular concerns about the weather and about secular notions of justice and inclusion and equity and the rest of it. That's what the German bishops have done. They're already in schism. It's obvious to anybody who's paying attention. They and Pastor Jimmy Martin and Sister Janine Gramick and those bishops in America who met privately during Francis's alleged consecration, all of them, since they all sing the same tune. Archbishop Aquila states that the problems that the German bishops claim to be trying to address with the Ted McCarrick type priests are due to some of the men in the church failing to live the faith. Quote, a failure to stay attached to the vine, Jesus Christ, and the choice to adhere to the world rather than the gospel led to the crisis. The sinful nature of fallen men and the failure of those in authority to take seriously concerns brought to them contributed to the crisis. The failure to form one's heart and mind after Christ's, to seek only the Father's will, to deny oneself, to take up one's cross and to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and to revere the moral law and abide by what the church teaches based on both revelation and reason. All these helped to create that crisis. Aquila noted that the church in the U.S. has also been dealing with Ted McCarrick problems and that the result has been a thorough reform of our practices and oversight structures, which has relied on the extensive engagement and co-responsibility of our lay people. Yet none of this extensive and effective reform has involved questioning either the basic truths of the faith or the church's settled convictions about the proper expression of human love, end quote. That is where Aquila's argument teeters. The U.S. response has failed to meaningfully address this problem in one very key way. There are men who, in the years leading to the council and after, were permitted into the priesthood who should never have been in the priesthood to begin with. Men cut from the same cloth as Pastor Jimmy Martin, and virtually every study on the subject has shown a near-perfect correlation between those kind of men who are of the type that Jimmy Martin seems most interested in, in a simple way, and engaging in those activities made famous or perhaps infamous by Ted McCarrick. There's a perfect correlation. And it's, the problem is that still to this day, the USCCB and other major bishops' conferences around the world refuse to admit this, that those two topics are inseparably linked. So they continue to quietly permit men like that to enter the seminaries, where in many cases, they control things so well now that they run good Orthodox men out of the seminaries and out of their vocations. That's part of why there's a vocations crisis in the church. It's because it's manufactured. Stories abound of this being the case in almost any seminary you can name in America. It's that big of a problem, and the U.S. bishops won't address this because, quite frankly, many of them are cut from the same cloth as Pastor Jimmy Martin, even some of the orthodox-sounding ones. So instead, they chose monitoring and lay involvement to prevent the worst things happening again, and it will fail. Just watch. Now that having been said, 
Aquila makes one last point that is worth going over here. Archbishop Aquila accuses the German bishops of selling the church out to the world. He doesn't use that, those words, but that is what he is saying. And he's absolutely right. Quote, the archbishop reiterated that there can be no concordant or mutual acceptance between the truth of divine revelation and Catholic doctrine, on the one hand, and the distorted anthropology of today's advanced secular culture, which promotes an increasingly dysfunctional understanding of the marital act, on the other. There is nothing salvific in blessing destructive thought and behavior. To surrender to the zeitgeist is not a matter of reading the signs of the times. It is a betrayal of the gospel. The only way we Christians will bear fruit today is if we stay attached to Christ and teach with charity and love, with a tenderness that will accompany people out of their brokenness, sin, and wounds. Genuine synodality is not a parliamentary process, but a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit will keep us in the truth and remind us of what Jesus teaches, end quote. You know, I do wish he'd left out that synodality stuff at the end of the statement, since as others like Bishop Athanasius from Kazakhstan have noted, Synodality is not part of the church's tradition, but rather a clear breaking from the church's tradition on how she governs it herself. And synodality is the core, or at least at really close to the core of so many of the issues we've seen in the church for the last several decades. The whole concept of synodality was invented out of whole cloth by Paul VI and is a distorted understanding of things that happened in the church before the council. Many have stated for some time that the synod of synodality will be a disaster for the church, that their end result will be a de facto Third Vatican Ecumenical Council where the outcome is already decided by Rome and that the happenings in various national synods will have real little meaning, while also pointing out that Francis has signaled to the Germans on numerous occasions that he supports their work. This is made all the more clear by his various personal letters to Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church and Sister Janine Gramic of New Ways Ministry, who published the letters he wrote on their websites, and both of whom are engaged in the same work as the German bishops, but in America, and not obviously, they're not part of the you know, Conference of Bishops, but they're doing their work in America instead of in Germany. And that begs a question, do these interventions by well-meaning bishops really mean that much? Is the outcome of the Synod of Synodality already predetermined? Let me know in the comments, please, what you think about this, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.